Economic data has been beating expectations this week, and the rate of surprises for our economy is the highest in six months. But investors aren't feeling the benefit or the lift from the 7% GDP when there are geopolitical events in Russia and a market that's been in a downtrend since November. Let's talk about how all these things fit together with none other than Nuriel Rubini joining us back on the show. The chairman at Rubini Macro Associates, CEO, as well as Professor Emeritus at New York University Stern School of Business. Uh, Nuriel, great to have you back on the program. Uh, great being with you, Arthur. I appreciate that. So there's a lot to uh, discuss here. This week we learned that our economy still grows at 7%, uh, but that Vladimir Putin is the boldest that he has uh, arguably ever been. Uh, so how do these things uh, offset each other? Should we feel positive about our recovery? Or does this uh, geopolitical event have the potential to derail it? Well, the economic recovery has been bumpy. Q4 was... Uh... 7%, but uh, Q3 was uh, a mini stagflation with growth uh, around 2% and inflation rising. And the Atlanta Fed NOCAS says that this quarter growth may be as low as 1%. Uh, this was well before the shock that Thompson, Russia, Ukraine. So inflation is out of hand. Growth is volatile. Anytime there is a shock coming from uh, COVID, whether it's Delta or Omicron, growth slows down sharply, global supply bottlenecks are not resolved, and now you have a major, in my view, global negative supply shock that by any standard is gonna reduce growth while certainly further increase inflation. So there's another stuck inflationary shock that puts in a bind central banks. Uh, Nuriel, the stag part, uh, do we use that while we still have these high GDP numbers, or is your point here that uh, we are peaking in those GDP numbers as well? I think we're peaking because even before the Russia-Ukraine war, the forecast was that this quarter growth will be only around 1%, given the impact of Omicron. And now you have uh, had a correction already in financial markets and tightening financial condition in uh, in January because of worries about the Fed tightening, uh, and then in February because of the Russia-Ukraine war. So I would expect that while the first quarter is gonna be very weak below trend, the second and third quarter are gonna be as bad. So we are going from uh, overheating uh, in, the third in the fourth quarter, uh, not to Goldilocks, that was what the markets and the Fed were expecting, a return to strong growth and lower inflation, we're gonna to go to lower growth and higher inflation. So we're back to stagflation in Q1, Q2, Q3, and beyond in my view. Uh, what is the market effect uh, from that? What's the impact? Do we see uh, this uh, bear market in small caps turn into bear market in the broader indexes? Uh, do you view this as uh, a market that's reeling largely from uh, the Fed's fight against inflation. Do you view this as a market that just got too expensive, that's in like a dot-com style pop? How should we think? What's the framework for equities right now, Nuriel? Uh, well, you know, the, the, even before the start of the war, uh, there was already a bear market near in the NASDAQ, and there was a correction in the S&P, and you had a near bear market in the small caps, and it was driven both by concerns about the Fed and concerns about uh, uh, the war. Uh, in the last two days, yesterday and today, markets after dropping like a stone yesterday morning rallied. 
In my view, they rallied for a variety of reasons that are wrong. Reason number one is that they think that the Fed is going to delay rate hikes or do them more slowly. That's possible, but that's going to make uh, inflation that is already entrenched even more inflationary at the time where you have negative supply shocks. The Fed is behind the curve, and postponing rate hikes or making them smaller is not going to help. Secondly, I think that the market believed that, uh, paradoxically, that the Russia may be going to take over Ukraine in two or three days, and then the impact on all energy prices and commodities, both Russia and Ukraine are major commodity exporters, not just of oil and energy, but food, raw material, and so on, is going to be limited. I think there'll be an escalation of this conflict which spreads to other parts of Europe. Mm. The, I pointed out at the beginning of the year in a piece that not only we're going to have war this year between Russia and Ukraine, I saw it coming, but there is possibility of a war between Israel and Iran. There is possibility of an escalation of tension between US and China on Taiwan. So we are in a geopolitical depression. And for the markets and the analysts essentially dismissing all this and saying this is just a minor event, I think is delusional. It's mm -hmm. like, you know, in the spring of 1914, where markets did not expect World War I to happen. I'm not expecting for the time being World War III, but I think that people are underestimating the economic, the financial risk, the negative supply shocks, and the geopolitical tensions. Hmm. With that said, uh, point well taken, uh, geopolitical depression, interesting uh, phrasing. But with that said, putting it aside for just a moment, New really, as you mentioned, the market had already been on the verge of a bear market prior to this latest step from Russia. Uh, and to that inflation issue at the core of that weakness that had been there for months, is it possible that the companies right now addressing supply chain problems, the logistics businesses, uh, the companies that are trying to fix the supply chain, is it possible to cool inflation from a different direction than slowing growth vis-a-vis -vis the Fed? What is the possibility in your framework over the next year that we could see inflation cool for a good reason other than the slowing demand? Is that possible? Uh, maybe some of the supply bottlenecks might be reduced, but this war creates other types of supply bottlenecks and shocks to oil, energy, commodity markets are going to be inflationary. Uh, secondly, I don't know whether there'll be another variant of COVID or not. When there was Delta, people said that's it. When Omicron came, they said that's it. Uh, I think that that's going to happen. I expect that actually over the medium term, the global economy is going to be affected by a variety of medium-term negative supply shocks that are uh, stagflationary, deglobalization, reshoring of manufacturing and balkanization of global supply chains, aging of population in advanced economies and emerging markets, restriction to migration, a U.S.-China Cold War is going to become colder with decoupling, fragmentation of the global economy, the tension between not just U.S. and China, but between four revisionist powers in the West, China, Russia, uh, Iran, and North Korea. Uh, global climate change is inflationary in many ways. Cyber warfare, the backlash against uh, income and wealth inequality, uh, pandemics. So you have lots of stuff that's going to reduce potential growth and is going to increase the cost of production. And if monetary and fiscal policy remain loose as they are, and the Fed now is going to essentially postpone some rate hikes or make them more slowly, that's going to be further stagflationary. It's like the 70s, where we had two negative supply shocks. We thought they were temporary. 
We thought that they're going to go away. They did not go away. Mm -hmm. Fed and fiscal policy were behind the curve, and we ended up in stagflation. Uh, central banks right now are not going to be able to avoid a hard landing because they're going to be them if you do, they do, and them if they don't. Hmm. If they try to react to this shock by saying we're going to postpone uh, the normalization because growth is going to be hurt, inflation is already high, it's going to become higher, and inflation expectations are going to become the anchor. And if instead they do the right thing, because even if there is a negative supply shock that they don't control, they have to avoid the anchoring of inflation expectation, they should act more and sooner rather than less and later. And if they do that, then the recession is going to become more severe. So once you have a negative supply shock, your growth and your inflation target are colliding with each other. Mm -hmm. Them if you do, them if you don't. And will markets mar are not realizing that. Will markets, uh, Nouriel, uh, respond in the, the way they have in the past to a delay in Fed policy? Or are we past uh, that uh, mechanism of positive stocks when the Fed says they're going to slow down? Well, will that provide a lift to, to the economy if it does it through markets? Or are we, have we grown out of that at this point? Can the Fed not save the market? Well, the, the reaction of the market yesterday and today was the Fed is going to delay hikes. Therefore, this shock actually bad news is good news. In my view, it's bad news over time because by delaying the hikes at the time where inflation is rising, look at the latest uh, core PC number, 5.2%, rising further. So inflation is not going lower, it's going higher. And even if it goes lower because there were some base effects, the issue is not whether inflation is going to be higher or lower. The question is whether the Fed is right in believing that by the end of the year, uh, core PC is going to have a 2% handle as opposed to a 3 plus percent handle. Mm. If the inflation rate is 3% plus, as I expect, as opposed to being 2%, right now it's 5 then the Fed cannot hike only three times, cannot hike only four times, cannot hike only five times, cannot wait until they run down the balance sheet. And if this war leads them to postpone the rate hikes or the balance sheet reduction, sure, then inflation expectations are going to become entrenched. And when you have higher long rates, the market crashes, like mm. in September of last year and in the January this year. In both episodes, long rates went up only by 30 to 40 basis points, and you had a 7 to 10% correction of the NASDAQ and a similar but smaller one in the S&P. So paradoxically, the Fed coming to the rescue of the market in the short run leads to a bigger correction because the anchors inflation expectations. Nuriel, thank you for coming back to the program and uh, a timely discussion here is a lot to uh, keep track of. Thanks for helping us do it, appreciate it. Great being with you. Absolutely, Nuriel Rubini, Chairman and CEO, Rubini Macro Associates Professor, Emeritus at NYU. Got a new book coming out as well.